Welcome to Marketing Meets Web3, a podcast that helps marketers navigate the news, trends, opportunities, and insights surrounding Web3. Today's conversation is for information purposes only and does not constitute legal or investment advice. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Marketing Meets Web3. Today, we are joined by Genaro Diaz. He is the Chief Innovation Officer at Minero. Genaro, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much for having us, uh, for having me in, in, the, in the podcast. I, I really appreciate the opportunity. So just to kind of kick us off and, and learn a little bit more about you, Genaro, can you tell us about your background and how you got into this crazy world of Web3? Well, uh, my background goes all the way back probably to 1999. I, I started my my professional career in the web design, web development um, uh, industry, and I transitioned very fast into working mostly with ad agencies. So uh, I've been I've been in the web marketing space, digital marketing uh, since back then. The last 15 years, it's been mostly based here in Austin, working with ad agencies across this, the country and being involved in different organizations that, that like the American Advertising Federation, South by Southwest, organizations that um, award or recognize uh, talent in that space, technology, technology space, marketing space, uh, are... are our adventure in Web three started with that in mind. Like I, I figured that it's hard to keep up, keep track of all the achievements you you go in in any career in, in these days. And sometimes these organizations uh, don't keep track of all the records back in time. And that's where I figured that uh, combining the blockchain technology with augmented reality and three D and digital uh, twins. Uh, was the perfect combination for supporting these type of organizations to certify personal and professional achievements. And that's how it all started when it comes to uh, our um, starts in Web3, pretty much. And so something that I, I'll dig in for one second. So, you know, I think everybody who's in the Web3 space probably has their own story about how they went down the rabbit hole or how they learned about Web3. Like, you know, something about this technology resonated with them because it is kind of early and it's it can be complicated. And so I think you have to be kind of a motivated learner <laughs> to want to dive in and, and get underneath this technology. So did you have a particular moment or an inflection point along this journey that you had an aha moment and said, oh, that's that's the thing or this is going to be transformative? Yeah, I mean... My, in, in my experience, like in, in the course of my career, we've always been that team that brings any cutting edge technology to advertising, whether it's been apps, games, uh, sweepstakes, anything that has to be online. And we've always been asked for the latest thing. So when I, when I realized that uh, the blockchain could be used in this matter, I, I also was thinking that from the marketing perspective, is going to be very useful when it, when it comes to loyalty programs, membership, uh, sweepstakes. Uh, but but at the end of the day, uh, what what we always have to do in 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 the advertisement world is to make it extremely easy for users to get on board. Yeah. So that's when I when I got involved in 
what's the tech behind blockchain, I saw a lot of technical barriers that we had to solve and they were still trying to solve because uh, it it was kind of like very exclusive of a of a of a community for 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 example that was very into it. I've I've never been very into it from the beginning, where but I knew that the tech behind could be very uh, can be leveraged for other use cases. In this case, marketing awards, certifications, and stuff like that. But uh, I think that the aha moment was how do we make it easy for people that are not tech savvy? Because right now, everybody that is in the Web3 world knows how to do everything because they learn about it and they're passionate about it. But right. when you go out there to the masses and to the common users, I mean, they know how to use a phone, but they probably don't know. I mean, we've seen that technology barrier where, wait a minute, I need I need something else apart from an email and this and that. and uh, connect different open accounts left and right. Like we always approach technology from a user experience, experience uh, perspective. Like how do we make it easy for anybody to join and not necessarily be somebody that's uh, uh, tech savvy or passionate about the industry. So right. for me, that was my aha moment where I was like, we have a big problem to solve and it's been I mean, I think we've been very successful in, in, in at it. And at the same time, we're still evolving to make it easier every time. I, I wanted to ask you about how you describe, how, how you go about describing Web3 to colleagues and, and clients, but to make it more specific, because I'm sure that you've had this conversation before, uh, to make it more specific, let's say that I am, which I think I am, you know, a person who is a uh, more or less tech savvy, has been uh, doing stuff with the internet, uh, knows about the, all the developments, but uh, may not be very proficient uh, at, at some of this uh, very technical stuff. Uh, how do you go about explaining this kind of uh, person uh, what Web3 is? Well, I mean, it's, 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 it's the new version of the web to start with. Like we, I, I, I've been involved in web since it was Web0, Web1, Web2, and now it's Web3. It's a natural next step. Technology is getting there where now is very everything is very immersive. Everything's it's it's hands-on. It it you don't you don't want to be opening accounts left and right. You want to have control of what you're putting out there and, and stuff like that. So I will explain like is the next version of the web, whether you wanna include certain technologies on it or not. But at the end of the day, it's it's something natural uh, that at the beginning, like, and, and, and I've been explaining this the same way, like Web3, the Web3 people, I mean, not the Web3 people, but the, the Web3 industry community right now knows almost everything about the technology behind, right? right. But it's, it's, it will be like explaining 20 years ago, how do you run a website? You don't know how a website runs. You just have a website there and it's everything's taken care of behind scenes. Same with email. To this day, I guarantee you, nobody knows how to how does email work technically speaking. So it's just we're leveraging the new the the, the powerful technology that now we have on our hands on a on a mobile phone that can render 3D AR VR certified things on the fly and process stuff that your computer 20 years ago couldn't handle. But so it's just like we're just leveraging new. Uh, powerful technology and 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 hardware and software at the same time. So it's more like 
slowly but surely everybody will adapt to it as long as the mainstream adapts it, whether it's marketing or gaming or entertainment industry. But at the end of the day, I think that what the main issue with Web3 is that people are expecting that you know everything behind the tech aspect where you actually don't have to. So let me drill into that for a second, because I, I agree with you. I think that, you know, at the end of the day, as consumers, we're just we want the benefit of the new technology. It's not that I want the iPhone 20 because it's going to be, you know, a faster chip or whatever. It's because it's going to let me do something new or different, faster, better. And so when you think about the benefits of Web3 um, or, or maybe going back to even, you know, Web1 gave us kind of mass access to information so we could go online. It was the first time that we could access things like the Library of Congress, right, and, and get, you know, mass mass access to all kinds of information, research, resources, et cetera. And then Web2 came along and it was the first time that we could actually, at scale as society, contribute to this thing called the internet. So we got social media and we were able to, to start kind of writing or, or sharing our ideas back to the world. So we've got internet one, the internet of reading, internet two, the internet of writing. And then we get to Web3, which is often, I think, called the internet of ownership or the internet of value. But there are some underlying benefits behind that. So I'm curious, what's your take on the superpowers that Web3 brings to the table? Well, just for starters, like we're, we're, we're going to be faced with new generations of how they consume the web or how they use the web. It's always going to be the web. But now we have uh, new generations that are like uh, extremely digital in terms of gaming and how do they interact with society like uh, uh, you can see kids right now, teenagers, that their whole so social interaction is through gaming. And right. that's where they hang out with their friends. That's how they have deep conversations. It's no longer trolling on social media about your, your likes and dislikes. It's where you hang out with them. And, and, and it's no longer the face-to-face. -face. It's more like in an environment that is immersive as a 3D world. And now... They're, they're not going to be excited about a piece of paper. They're going to be excited about a 3D model that represents whatever they achieve, play for, gain, or anything like that. And it's, it's going to be more like jump, being more immersive in the web world rather than going there to ride and share. It's going to be their environment. So they're gonna, we're going to start looking at kids showcasing their uh, collections, showcasing their achievements, in a digital world that is 3D, that that you can whether it gives you more visual, uh, like immersive space of this. So sure. um, you're right. Twenty years ago, nobody needed a website, and now everybody needs a website. Whether you're a small business or whatever type of thing, like uh, it, it became the norm that every business has to have a website, and then every business has to have social media. And now every business is going to have to have this immersive world and um, also uh, community and fandom and, yeah. and collecting all of these uh, items. Like we grew up in a society where you will wear shirts with a big logo on it because you wanted to share that you are part of that group or cool kids or whatever you want to mention it. But we're now seeing that transition into your digital self. And it's no longer your Facebook or your Instagram or your Twitter. It's more like 
here's my man cave, for example, or my uh, <laughs> art gallery, whatever makes you passionate about. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's great. great. And uh, I mean, I, could, I couldn't agree more with that. And we've seen that development um, in, in other conversations that we've had with, with, other, with other guests. And as you said, Web3, everything that's going to be built on top of Web3 is still mostly to be built. Um, however, with uh, Minero, you made a decision of going in a different, in, in a specific direction. So why, why did you choose uh, that direction and uh, maybe give some background as to what Minero does, uh, what services you provide? Great. Well, in essence, like for, for more than 20 years, my career has been building custom solutions on digital, digital experiences for businesses, organizations, you name it. And uh, the aha moment was like, everybody's going to need this technology pretty soon. Like whether you're already on the, in the, in the, in the market, in the community or not, that's what uh, drove me into uh, creating this new uh, Web3 creative agency, which we see them becoming very popular. But at the same time, uh, and this is something my CTO mentioned, uh, it's if, if you're going to go, uh, uh, if you're gonna go and and award cakes, you have to know how to do cakes to start with, right? And so that's the main reason we started with a product of our own, where we create our own minting platform to be able to uh, customize that minting platform in any direction, whether it's for a sponsorship or a partnership or a or a, a marketing or just certification skills. And, and, and I knew that that was a problem. Like we live in a city, which is Austin, Texas, that we have 130 person moving to this city every day. And most of them will come with fake credentials. And we've been victims of those fake credentials in a digital uh, agency where people may say they've done stuff and they actually don't. And so uh, we wanted to solve that problem where you have your credentials on your crypto wallet or on your phone and you don't have to go to your office and say all of my awards and certifications are in the back of my office people don't have offices anymore we're living the digital nomad uh, lives and we you have to carry those credentials with you and we have to have these organizations that validate that you are who you say you are like whether it's a membership or a recognition or a level of uh, skill sets so that's why from the very beginning, um, we being so agile uh, on building custom solutions for us, it was pretty easy and natural to say, okay, we need to get here. What things do we need to get there? And from day one, it was the, the, the goal was to have 3D models in order to bring them to your metaverse or your, or your augmented reality worlds. And at the same time, what technology we need to get there. So we tested a lot of different things and whatnot. And before we even look into blockchain, we were trying to figure out how do we validate that people are, are who they say they are and realize that the blockchain certification aspect of it was the perfect solution because you cannot change that anymore. Once you once it's sealed, it's, it's there forever. So I think that from that perspective is when we realized that uh, we knew that we can uh, pivot our, our our services for business purposes, but also for certification purposes. The certification part is is one that we, we haven't um, discussed much in the past. And I, I wonder, 
how how is this how is the demand for this kind of uh, of service in your in your region and for what uh, for what specific uh, reasons uh, do you do you, are you required uh, these services? Uh, well, same like we want people to be able to share their succeed success in in their in their in their resume portfolio, however you want to call it. Um, the success it's we're empowering different organizations to have this technology and no longer use your website database or your PDF that you just published, but more, a more official way to say, this is the organization and we're not certifying anything as a company. We provide the tools and technology to different organizations to certify those achievements. And the, the obviously the communities that are, are very accepted, accepting that, it's obviously in the in the advertisement community, in the te technology community, in the entrepreneurship community, and obviously in the Web3 community. So now we're kind of like working with other Web3 communities to uh, create what, what's called social tokens or reputation tokens, which at the end of the day become your achievement. So it's, it's always been in a city like Austin that it's cutting edge technology and building. That's, that's where... We wanted to focus at first. It's been very successful in different arenas. And now we're kind of like trying to expand nationally uh, for that. And we're actually getting ready to start a like second year uh, activation of our, of our platform for all the communities we've held in the, this year and last year, pretty much. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by Step3, an engagement marketing platform that helps brands build deeper customer relationships. Step3 makes it easy to design custom branded membership programs that include rewards like exclusive content, VIP event passes, merchandise, discounts, and more. Unlock new revenue streams and enhance customer lifetime value with Step3's easy-to-use no-code tools. Go to step3.io to learn more. So I want to I want to dig into something that you're talking about here, which is this idea of certification and, you know, looking to some sort of on-chain reference for the validation that we have done something. And that's connected to an organization that says, yep, Nick earned that credential or Nick achieved that certification. Um, I, I see a parallel here in what you're doing with Monero and this vision of on-chain certifications and credentials. I see the same thing kind of happening with um, social media platforms. So social media platforms today, you know, they, they're kind of the captors of our information. So we put all of this time and effort and all of our social connections live on a platform and it can be kind of arbitrary. You know, we've seen instances where people do get deplatformed. Sometimes there's a valid reason. Sometimes it's kind of a mystery and they don't even know why they've been deplatformed. And it's like suddenly overnight, all of your social connections, all of your social validation can go away. And yeah. You know, when we look at things like on-chain credentials, sure, we could say, well, why do we need that? We have services like LinkedIn or we have, you know, places that we can go to see what somebody's achieved if it's a professional organization. But in a lot of ways, what you're solving for is kind of the same issue of how do we become the owners of our own credentials and take out that sort of middle, that middle layer that could go away overnight or could change motivations. And suddenly everything that we've built like credibility on is gone. Um, yeah. So with that in mind, I guess what I want to dig into is, 
you know, this idea of looking on chain for credentials, I think it's very new for people. And, and I think it's a little bit foreign for a lot of people. But oftentimes the behaviors that new technology enables, they become kind of second nature, right? So the smartphone, as soon as you had the smartphone plus the internet and you introduced apps on top of that, like the idea of going to the app store and getting an app to do something became very natural. And for a lot of people it became second nature and nobody thinks about it anymore. So is there some aspect of Web3 and what you're doing with Monero that you think, you know, down the road, we'll look back and say, yeah, that's that's pretty obvious. Like <laughs> we should have known we were going to be doing that. I mean, is it this idea of looking on chain or what are your thoughts there? I think it's 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 leveraging the technology behind blockchain, like uh, the the blockchain makes it permanent, whether the organization is gone or not, because some organizations just not, not I, I'm not even starting with uh, social media yet, but some organizations cease to exist for different reasons, right? Uh, right. What, what, whatever it is, they're, they're gone and there's no way to say, hey, uh, how can I print my certificate again? Or how can I request another certificate or trophy that I did that for this organization? And that's one aspect of it. Once it's out there, it's there forever. Like, I mean, you can go as far like maybe some, even some countries disappear and then you're, you're, you're off with passport and you name it, all sorts of documents that you need. So the, the decentralization of, of, of these organizations, they're, they're not letting go of, of their data. They're not letting go of, of their authority, for example. They're just utilizing a new way to certify online, digitally, what you achieve. Now, this is nothing new in a way because all the different, like LinkedIn and other organizations that certify online, and they give you a, a digital certificate. They're leveraging the blockchain as well, but they're still a flat piece of paper or a flat piece of art, uh, we're, we're, we're taking it one step ahead where we're also going towards the the, the immersive digital life that, that, that we're going into next. So it's, 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 it's technology that we need to leverage as, as people because it, it, it gives you the tool to say, it doesn't matter if my home uh, goes up in flames. I have every certificate on my wallet. It doesn't matter if I go to a different country. Those certificates will be valid in any other country. Uh, different that if you want to go from one university to another one, it, it's centralized in a way. We're kind of like decentralizing that, that um, even Web3 communities, we're talking about with different communities in, in across the world where how do we collaborate with each other? How do we leverage your, your own social and, and, and reputation tokens across this platform, across these communities, and it's naturally already there. We don't have to go and say, you need to format this in a different chain or a different thing. It's, it's already there. It's, it's, we're setting up a new standard that it's relying on PDF for too long, for example. Yeah. Yeah. No, in a lot of ways, this transition, I think, is similar to, you know, brick and mortar to e-commerce. And, and, idea... and sorry to interrupt, but to add to that, we're in a, we're we're about to break the like. It used to be very easy to to falsify an achievement with Photoshop. Now it's going to be even worse, and it's going to be even easier to do that with AI. And that will that will be the battle between. I'm pretty sure in a few months we're going to see 
AI powered or human powered, and that's going to be certified on the blockchain. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, definitely agree. <laughs> yeah. At this at this moment, I would like to to shift gears a little bit and. Uh, well, you, you commented on on your intro that you've been working with web uh, since web zero all the way to web three and working and you've worked ex extensively with uh, with agencies, uh, marketing agencies. Uh, so I, I wonder um, why should creative agencies uh, be concerned uh, with uh, web three? Well, concerned meaning in the in the, in, in the sense of uh, being interested in what web three could bring to the table. I, I think uh, to be. Um, uh, 100% honest here, the the biggest challenge, the biggest concern with, with ad agencies these days, whether they're very digital or not, is the user experience. That's that's what's become the first barrier between uh, the massive adoption in, in marketing. Uh, not, not, that's, that's pretty much number one concern. Like, how do we make it easy for users to be onboarded into this new platform? And the Web3 community, uh, it's kind of like pushing it to be very technical and the marketing has to make it very easy for people to onboard because you have uh, different uh, targets to, to, to go to and not just the Web3 savvy people. So until it's very easy for any person that can just use a phone and scan a QR code and boom, you're in, that's the biggest concern. I don't think it's, it's anything else but that. Like their 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 concerns is the second concern is they don't know how to do it how to do a successful campaign on Web three, right? And it's very right now we're looking at Web three in a very on off zero one successful unsuccessful rather than saying we we're like seventy percent successful or anything like that. It's like this didn't work at all. It was a complete fail. And this was a great success, and a hundred percent. I mean, the, the 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 big ad agencies are concerned about that. Like, what if we do something and it's a complete failure, and we get a lot of bad press because of that? So, until we get to a very a more uh, established uh, user experience, that's what's going to make the difference. And that's their biggest concerns that I uh, I share with many different agencies. So let, let me dig into that for a little bit. So, and there's kind of two follow-ups that I want to ask. The first is about the user experience. And so you said, you know, Web3 adoption, I think, and I agree with you, hinges on us finding a place where onboarding is just seamless, right? It has to be as easy as Web2 is today. There is this tension, though, with Web3 because in in Web3, owning things is is a it's a pillar, right? It's, it's one of the principles behind Web3 is that I can own my own things. And that's usually enabled or it is enabled because I have a non-custodial wallet, meaning that I control my assets. It's my, I have the private keys to that wallet and I can choose to do what I want with those things. But a lot of the easy onboarding experiences that we're seeing now with Web3 uh, experiments, let's call them, include something called a custodial wallet, which is where I don't completely control that wallet. It's a third party. It could be a business. It could be some other type of third party. And they control that wallet because it makes the onboarding process really, really smooth and kind of seamless to me. I don't have to think about that as a user. And so I'm just wondering what your thoughts are in terms of you know finding that balance between a decentralized, uh, non-custodial experience where I fully own my things 
versus a very easy onboarding custodial experience that gets me into Web3 quickly, but then maybe is harder for me to realize the benefits of those, of those that ownership. So where do we find that middle ground? I, I think that it's 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 on a base-to-base case and it depends on the end product of the project or the campaign or whatever. But I think that for the most part, we're going to have to continue to adapt that custodial for the so people understand the value of Web3. It's kind of like the, the way in, like... Here, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna save this for you in the meantime. Once things evolve and are easier to manage by the users, or once your iPhone is your own wallet, like you don't have to get a wallet, then it's kind of like only natural. You know what? Can I have my tokens? Sure, just give us your new wallet. Here you go. Now you own it. But in the meantime, we're like it's it's like a bicycle with with training wheels. Right. Like it, it's answer, it's. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty much it. Like it used to be where before you couldn't have email unless you work for a company and then you have free email. And now you're like, should I keep my Hotmail or not? And we have we still have people using Hotmail these yeah. days. So it's kind of like a, it's part of the onboarding and the ad- adaptate the mass adaptation to it. And I think that the, we're going to be able to say we made it, we're done, it's been successful once people don't even see it as Web3. It's just part of how it's built. And like to this day, nobody knows how a database works or how to how how, how does your website is where is your website hosted? And we just say the cloud, and, and people think that there are clouds holding databases. And, but but it's just like as, as at the end of the day, it will be more like making it easier for the users to get involved with this. And and again, I think that the custodial uh, wallet is going to be very successful because it it helps user understand the value of this technology. And at some point, like they're going to be like, okay, now it's very easy for me to get a wallet and transfer everything there. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. The other thing that I wanted to follow up on here is the agency side. So, you know, you, you talked about how agencies prioritize and, and rightly so prioritize a really smooth onboarding experience, a great UX. Um, when you're speaking with a client or a prospective client um, from that's coming from the agency side of things, you know, what are the first maybe two or three things that you put out there for consideration? Like what are the top of mind things they need to be thinking about when it comes to creating a great Web3 campaign? For starters, again, like the UX experience, like, but, right. but, but we... We see things differently in a way where, when we when we when we talk to a to a potential client agency, uh, it's always about what's the end what's the end goal of the campaign, the product, the project, and then from there we try to analyze what's the best technology to achieve that goal, whether it's blockchain or not, whether it's three D or not, but obviously trying to push into the Web3 aspect of things. And when I say Web3, we're talking about uh, not just blockchain, but uh, AI, AR, VR, uh, immersive. Um, and it's always, we always try to figure out first, what's the end goal? What, what do you want to, what do you want to try to achieve? And then from there, we see where, where and how we can adapt the technology it, to, for that end project. Because right. for example, like, Web3 requires a ton of Web2. Every project needs a website, for example. And who's going to build that website? And 
Is it going to be built on WordPress or Webflow or custom? And that's a whole project in itself. But you have to, to, to make sure that whatever you're choosing is the best for the end result that you want to achieve. Now, it, it always starts with the user experience at the end of the day. When you were talking before about, uh, about how you expect the, the, um, the end result to be one in which, uh, well, users don't know what Web3 is. It's funny because when you were talking about that, and that's uh, precisely Nick's uh, perspective on how this is gonna how this is gonna go. So <laughs> I think you agree on that one. Um, well, uh, Genaro, it's been it's been great uh, having this discussion uh, with you. Uh, before we believe, could you maybe uh, share here how how some ways in which people can connect with you and also to keep tabs on uh, what Minero is doing? Yes. So again. In a nutshell, our, our, our pitch or elevator pitch, it's from the perspective of, of the platform that we're building, we're certifying personal achievements on the blockchain. That's why our tagline is we mint success. Um, the other thing that we're, we're doing is we're helping any type of organization to get there, to, to get into the tokenization era, as, as we want to call it, and where you may need not just, not the whole the whole process of from design to 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 turnkey solution we can always come in, in 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 a in a portion of the whole project or we can do it all um and we've done that several times very successfully with different organizations uh where you can find us it's at minero.io uh our website um our twitter is at minero um and on linkedin uh, also as minero dot it's it should be minero inc um but again um i think that to wrap it up uh we want to position ourselves as the web three creative team whether it's design technology or uh strategy on how to utilize this very powerful technology that we're coming upon like ai uh tokenization, blockchain, and all these good things that we can figure out how to do. It's uh, really cool that you got the admin error on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was, oh, it was, goodness. it was thanks to a friend, but yeah, it was, it was, it was a big uh, uh, success that we were able to get. <laughs> nice one. Well, thank you, Hanaro, for, for the conversation. Thank you, Hanaro. It's been great. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm, I'm very uh, grateful to be here and be able to share what we're working on. We're always open to have uh, brainstorm sessions. That's something we really like. And uh, thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Marketing Meets Web 3. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like and subscribe in your favorite podcast app.